Welcome back to another episode of Ballers, Beers, and Banter. I'm your host, Dave. Here with me, John A. McDonald and George Washington. Hello! What's up? <laughs> Otherwise known as Anthony and Moose. Um, and of course, I want to wish our... You guys are John A. McDonald and George Washington because we have two very special holidays this weekend. Uh, of course, on Thursday, we had Canada Day. So happy Canada Day to all our uh, Canadian fans and listeners. And uh, today is July 4th. So happy Independence Day to our American listeners or happy July 4th. I think people just say July 4th. Happy July 4th. I don't know if they say Independence Day a lot, but happy holiday weekend to all our listeners. How you guys doing? Happy, happy fireworks and barbecue. Fireworks and barbecue and beers, baby. And liquor. Yeah, yeah. You've been dipping into that a little bit this weekend, eh, boys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The liver has left the building. This is not one of the beers, so I can show this one right now. But I'm having a a Rattler, Grapefruit Rattler. It's a great summer summer beer. You know, it's like a little juice from Parallel 49. It's a tricycle. What is happening? Grapefruit yeah. Rattler. It's just a refreshing, you, delightful drink. Are you jumping to the end of the episode? What's going on here? I'm just letting you know what I'm having. Give yeah. us the headlines, Dave. The You ready for headlines already? Well, we definitely weren't ready for Rattler information, but we're ready <laughs> for headlines. Okay. <laughs> I also want to point out, um, we won't talk about it a lot because I don't want to make Anthony sad, but uh, I'm not wearing my Montreal Canadiens jersey today, even though there's a game tomorrow, which has been the tradition because it's not working. We need a miracle. Yeah, so I'm going, it up. Uh, you know, I, we got to change the juju. So I got a Smokey the Bear t-shirt. Only you can prevent forest fires and it is forest fire season. So everyone camping and all that, just make, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. We don't want to start anything. And maybe Smokey Bear is the only one who can prevent us from getting swept in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> so, you know, like in Australia, like that slogan doesn't apply because there's, there's actual birds that start forest fires. It's part of their nature. They they pick up burning pieces of wood and they throw them into the dry forest and they start forest fires. Well, that seems ridiculous. I like I like that. I want to hear more about that if you can yeah. tell me more of that. But wouldn't that still wouldn't it stand to reason still that then human beings are the only ones who can prevent forest fires? Well, even though well, birds no. are causing it, <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. Well, no, because you can't stop the birds from doing their thing. Sure, but nobody else can, can stop them. The birds can't stop themselves. I know, but, but here, you know, there's nothing that starts forest fires except us and probably like lightning. Lightning. You know, fluke lightning. Yeah. So in Australia, there's even other reasons. So you could do everything you can that's and it. forest fires could still happen. Yeah. That's it. I think the expression still stands. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. All right. Well, uh, Smokey the Bear is uh, not our first headline. Uh, we don't have a lot of big news except that we on this podcast are all big fans of the docu series, the annual docu series Hard Knocks, which follows one NFL team during their training camp process and not always true. Season. Not always true. There was two last year. It was both the LA teams. Thanks, Moose, for that correction. Uh, usually one team. And uh, news is that it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys this year. So prepare for an. There's all like the Dallas Cowboys already are the most overhyped team. In the NFL, they're America's team, as they are known. Um, so there's just going to be a superstorm of hype surrounding the Cowboys this season. It's going to be wild. And it should be entertaining with all the superstars they have uh, over there. Are you guys excited for uh, a Cowboys Hard Knocks? I'm very excited. I mean, I get excited for Leo Schreiber. Oh, he's so good. Do you remember him, how he did it during the uh, during COVID last year? Yeah. He, had to, he was like literally in he had like a blanket over his head doing because he was doing the recordings at home. No studio. Um, I think it's going to be fun. And uh, there's some real characters on the Cowboys. So it's going to be interesting to see the return to Dak Prescott off the injury. Well, we've got CeeDee Lamb. We've got Amari Cooper. We've got Jerry Jones. Yeah, but yeah I'm just worried that it's going to be five episodes of Jerry Jones. But they don't always show the, the superstars. Like That's the best part about no, Hard Knocks exactly. is they kind of show the guys who are not always in the, in the, in the spotlight. They kind of show true. you know training camp. The rookies. And uh, rookies and... Like, I'm sure, like, CeeDee Lamb's going to be one of them. Maybe Michael Gallup will get some information on our uh, Marky. Marky. Mar- oh, I can't do it right now. Just... <laughs> you pulled a date. I forced so, you into uh, a date. Dry mouth from all the liquor. Yeah. All the liquor. Drink more water. Got to do the Dave thing. 
You guys should just, you should leave it to the professionals. Yes, we'll leave the professional our role, the rolling of the tongue to Moose. Um, Staying with the Cowboys, guys, we'll be uh, seeing a lot of them on Hard Knocks um, coming up. But news from, or hype, we'll call it, from Cowboys camp. Uh, Cowboys running backs coach Josh Hicks said Ezekiel Elliott is way quicker, way more elusive, more fluent than he was in 2020. Um, That's That's important news. I guess. Good point. Good point. But Zeke's never been like he's a phenomenal athlete, right? He's a stud. Um, but he never seemed to be one who took his offseason regiment or programming very seriously. Um, if so, if he did this past season, um, then that bodes well for him. Then I'm, you know, maybe I got to move him up. Maybe I got to move him up a little bit because I'm way too low on him compared to, uh, I guess, the industry, as you would call it. So I got to move Zeke up a little bit. I'm still not. I wouldn't be super keen. Oh, so you my RB1, listen to the but... pros. Uh, my analysis on him is not good enough for you, Dave. It's I okay. mean, it's his okay. coach and Dak Prescott said he's looking to get But I mean, it, oh, he's got to be good. not rocket appliances. I mean, <laughs> uh, like. Sounds, sounds, sounds a little bit like a, a little bit of coach speak to me. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um. Other news, um, speaking of coach speak, coming out of uh, the Chargers camp, which was featured on Hard Knocks last season, uh, Chargers coach Brandon Staley said the offense will run through Justin Herbert. (laughs) Those are the most dangerous quarterbacks where the quarterback becomes the system, said Staley, studying great players and guys I've looked to come from a coaching standpoint. Their quarterbacks have all played really well. Well, this is uh, talk about rocket appliances, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, no duh. You have the rookie of the year uh, with a rocket of an arm uh, and just all, for all intents and purposes, a future stud at the quarterback position. Yeah, I would assume that the offense is going to roll through him. But anyway, it's good to have the coach confirm that. So uh, we know that Herbert and Herbert, Keenan Allen, I'm high on those guys. Mike Williams, Anthony, heard you were offered a trade for Mike Williams in our Dynasty League. I was. I have declined it. Um, I mean, I know we were pretty harsh on Mike Williams, but the trade just for those of you out there that might be in a dynasty or in a keeper league. And if you get offered this trade, I'm not going to say who it was from. I'll protect the name. Um, (laughs) I know, but, uh, it was Tariq Cohen for Mike Williams. I'm not going to do it. Mike Williams, it's a dynasty league that we're in that I have Mike Williams. He's young. I mean, there is a 5% chance that he will actually do something because he's either going to blow out a shoulder or whatever. But three Collins, a backup running back. I'm okay at running back. I'm Actually, I'm probably better than okay at running back. It's the receivers that I'm lacking a bit on. So, I mean, keep Mike Williams with the off 5% chance that he actually does something. Uh, but Tariq Cohen, I don't need a backup running back on my team. So, I mean, for me, in my situation, not down with the trade. Okay. So you're not, you're not changing your opinion on Mike Williams though. No. Still low on Mike Williams. Okay. Moose. But I mean, uh, a guy to keep on my bench, like drafting rookies this year, I'll see which, uh, what rookies I get. And then, you know, if I have a, if I'm overloaded on receiver, I might uh, dump him after. We'll see. There you go. There you go. I'm sorry. What's the question? Um, if you were changing your opinion on Mike Williams, or would you do that trade? Mike Williams for Tariq Cohen, PPR League, Dynasty. No. No. You would keep Mike Williams. Yes. Although, okay. although Mike Williams, I'm not thrilled about him. He's yeah. He will be more fantasy relevant than, than Tariq Cohen. I think in PPR, in PPR, I think it's a fair trade. Like You got to think of Tariq Cohen before the injury, and specifically two or three seasons ago where he just dominated in PPR leagues, so... I don't know. Something to consider. It was much further back than that. Yeah, no thanks. Maybe. (laughs) It might have been. (laughs) All right. Last headline. Not really a headline, but um, there was the opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to opt out of this season because players can still opt out, I think, for COVID-related reasons. You have that option to opt out if you signed your contract before 2020, which Aaron Rodgers falls in that category. He did not. So now it's just a question of if Aaron Rodgers shows up to training camp or not, or if he holds out. He didn't opt out. He could still hold out um, and demand a trade. But we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. No more Rogers news. That's it. We keep it. We keep the Rogers news to a minimum because there'll be a big one when yeah. he finally shows up. Big loser. All right, John A. Hey, we didn't decide who's John A. and who's George W. Who, you know, who's the father of confederation and the father of independence? I don't know what George Washington's 
nickname is. Who wants to be who? I'll nominate. I'll nominate you. I'm gonna. But Moose seems like more of a George Washington kind of guy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's John A. All right. Well, George and John A. We're gonna get into our main topic whoa, of discussion. Whoa, 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 whoa! We have one more headline. Oh, sorry. One more headline. So oh, last apologies. last episode, uh, we said that one of the milestones that indicated that we were getting close to the fantasy football season was the Mike Williams hype. Well, there's another one. There's another one that has popped up the second milestone that determines we're getting even closer to the start of the NFL season is Josh Gordon sending his letter for reinstatement (laughs) back into the league. And, you know, I feel bad for the guy. He's had a lot of troubles, but I mean, how many more chances? How many more chances are you going to get? Yeah. I like that though. The two signs. So we have two, two signs that the NFL season approaching Mike Williams hype and Josh Gordon asking for reinstatement. I love it. (laughs) All right. So that's it for headlines. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty funny on sleeper. They have him with a Cleveland, Cleveland Browns background, but he's wearing a Seahawks Jersey or, or it's the other way around. He's he's, the Seahawks background. He's wearing a Cleveland Browns and like a new, and a new England tag. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. Okay, guys. So main topic of discussion today, listeners, very excited. We're doing one of uh, two, potentially, sleeper episodes. We're getting close to draft season, and um, it's time to start diving in to those sleepers. So we did our rookie review episodes to get you up to date on our rookies. We did our marquee de la mid-round to talk to you about our mid-round targets, Mar- favorite mid-round key. targets. Thank you, Anthony. A little better. And now it's time for... Our sleepers. Um, we are going with a loose definition of sleepers. A lot of fantasy professionals and fantasy analysts will say sleeper has to be, I don't know, post round 10 or undrafted or uncertain ADP. Really, sleepers are, as Moose likes to describe it, someone that people are sleeping on. So someone that people are not paying attention to or not hyping up or not valuing. Um, someone that's a little bit more quiet in terms of the hype and the news. Um, and that's where the term sleeper comes from and our favorite platform. Sleeper. Yeah. Well, realistically, it's just someone. I mean, you can, you know, because everybody's league's different. You have yeah. people who are hyper aware of things in in some leagues and some who are not. And so, a sleeper is is realistically someone that the rest of your league is just not paying attention to. And yeah. that's a sleeper or, or the world in, in your league. Your yeah. league. <laughs> your well, I mean, often often sleepers do go across most leagues, but like mm. I said, there are people who are uh, some leagues who are more hyper aware of. And it depends how deep your bench is, too. Some people have wildly deep benches. So, Absolutely. Um, so that's what we're going with today. We're talking about sleepers, which are so much fun. Guys, when I was going through uh, potential sleepers and looking through names, man, just a ton. There's tons of options for sleepers because there's a lot of people out there that, as there is every season, that people are not paying enough attention to or giving enough value to people that could be breakouts or could be studs, could be uh, league winners. Um, and I'm going to go first with my sleeper here today, guys. And if wow, I selfish. told you, so selfish, did anybody want? We always, <laughs> no, no, no. nobody wants to go first, so I'll just take it. So if I told you, you could get a player, uh, let a quarterback who since week seven of 2019 has been the third best quarterback in the entire league behind only Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in total fantasy points. Lamar Jackson being the overall fantasy player in 2019 and Josh Allen being the overall fantasy best last year. The next best player, the next best quarterback amongst those guys since week seven of 2019. And you could get him between round seven to 10 in in those rounds right now in your drafts. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you say that's a pretty big sleeper? It's a quarterback, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, how far down? Who is it? Who is it? I don't, I don't. I don't think anyone's sleeping on quarterbacks. The name is Ryan Tannehill, and I have to give credit to um, fantasy pro Mike Taglier for for pointing out he's been him and a couple other analysts have been big on uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill since week seven of two thousand nineteen when he started that was his first game starting for the Tennessee Titans taking over for Marcus Mariota. Has 573 and a half fantasy points. Third behind Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. That's crazy. He finished last season as the eighth overall quarterback. 
He was 12th in points per game, so he had better total pointage than points per game because there were some quarterbacks that sat out. Um, I would say he had three bust games last year, three games that had less than 15 points. He had three of those, but he had six boom games, six games of over 25 points. So he doubled his boom versus his what you would call quarterback bust in our terms. And his 2020 stat line is 3,819 yards, 33 passing touchdowns, or tutties, as we like to call them on this podcast, only seven interceptions. And here's the big, here's the kicker, guys. 266 rush yards, seven rushing tutties. Guy gets in the end zone. He gets in the end zone, and he likes that little Superman kind of jumping jack celebration as he crosses the goal line. Ryan Tannehill, he's going late. He's going about the 11th or 12th quarterback off the board in ADP. I think people are sleeping on this guy. He has been, by the numbers, one of the best quarterbacks in the league since taking over in Tennessee. Um, And now, what what else did they do? They added Julio Jones to his arsenal. He's got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones as weapons. Come on. And talk about Tannehill's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks. He doesn't have a lot of volume. Um, and he's going to continue to be efficient. He's got two of the best wide receivers in the league, two of the best yards after the catch guys in leagues. So you could get a little dump off to A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, and they take it an extra 20 to 80 yards uh, to the house. So his efficiency is still going to be way up. And I know listeners out there might be thinking, yeah, but what about Derrick Henry? Aren't the Titans a run team? Derrick Henry's won the rushing title two years in a row. They're a run first team. But there are tons of examples last year of when Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill both went off in a game. Plus, the big advantage to having Derrick Henry and that rushing threat is play action. Okay, if you want to uh, get open receivers, if you want to give yourself more time in the pocket, you fake a handoff to Derrick Henry. The defense has to commit and bite to that because he's Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> they're worried about getting stiff armed in, you know, into middle earth. Um, so it opens up ton of space for, for the offense to operate. Um, so I think, you know, Henry will obviously be in the number one fantasy option, but I think his, his play opens up tons of space for Tannehill in that offense. So he, he's a big time sleeper for me. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I agree. Disagree. Well, I disagree that he's a sleeper. I don't think anyone's sleeping on Tannehill. If you're sleeping on Tannehill, then you got to wake up and start sending us emails with questions about other things about your team because there's probably some other grave issues well, going on. I, I think he's a sleeper in the unconventional way that he's he's going beside Trevor Lawrence. He's going behind guys like Matt Stafford, who was my sleeper. Uh, so mid round, your mid round target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for a guy that's performed super well since he's gone to the Tennessee Titans and you can argue his situation might be a little better for him dropping off. Like I, I think he's a, he's a, a sleeper because people like, they I think he's less desired, him. but he's, I don't think people are sleeping on him. Well, to go I that think, late, I think that's sleeping. Like some guys round, going round 10, him. man, round, round 10. 10. He's going late. He's almost going as like not a starting QB to draft for your fantasy team. Yeah, he's right on. He's right on the cusp. So people going before him. So he's going right around. Exactly. Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence territory. People going before him are Jalen Hurts, who I know you guys would disagree with. Tom Brady, Rogers, Herbert, those the likes of those guys. So um, and and really, he, he might even belong in the conversation like way up there with um, if you just based off of how he's played since 2019. So. I think I think honestly the, the reason he's going late, like I said, is because he's less desired because of Julio Jones being a little bit on the senior side of things, and AJ Brown allegedly still dealing with knee issues. So yeah, and just you're 100 percent right. Yeah, if, if both these guys are healthy, holy smokes! Like if you picked up Ryan Tannehill that late, you're laughing. And just to uh, to play devil's advocate a bit, a little bit. So last year there were guys that he was familiar with. So. Humphreys, uh, Corey Davis, uh, AJ Brown, and then he had a uh, John Smith, uh, who also has health issues. Uh, John Smith, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys are gone. Uh, for sure was for sure there last year, um, and had some games <laughs> that were, were definitely, uh, worth him starting that week. If you decide to put him in when John Smith was, yeah, hurt. or he helped, but, he helped Tanner. Right. Um, but with the, we mentioned last episode or I mentioned last episode that now they might have two receivers that might play hurt and maybe just having those two options and for sure, like I'm sh- 
they have uh, Josh Reynolds there as well. Yeah, they brought um, in Josh Reynolds, who I think is is an underrated wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he has two new guys that he's got to build chemistry with. Um, they did say that um, Derrick Henry, they want him to catch more balls this season. So. Yep. So It'll talk about, but like talk about efficiency exactly, Anthony. You could dump it off to Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, or Julio Jones. Like, could you think of better efficiency guys to dump it off to? It just to me, just screams value here at Ryan Tannehill yeah. in that round. And we're we're um, Anthony and I, anyways, uh, are advocates of waiting a little bit on QB. Um, I really think it's a year that you have to go in the middle rounds to get your QBs, uh, the guy that you want. Uh, you won't be able to wait very, very long. And Tannehill's right in that meaty part. He's going between round seven and ten. And I think he is a steal there. I've done a couple of mock drafts. We, the mock draft we did um, that we broke down on the podcast, go back yeah. and have a listen to it, Tannehill didn't go. He went undrafted in that uh, league. And those were all very competent um very competent fantasy players. So there you go, Moose. There was, uh, you know, we were with uh, Sanchi and Sinker DFS and those guys, and nobody took Tannehill. So people, I think people are sleeping on him. That might have been that might have been pre-Julio news, but I think people are sleeping on Tannehill. And another important point to make is that, you know, the Titans, Titans have in recent um, uh, history not been good on defense. They were normally a really good defensive team, but last year they were terrible on defense and that meant that they had to throw more they had to come from behind more their offense needed to put up big points they were in uh, they're involved in a lot of blowout games um and i expect that to be the same next season uh their defense is not very good so i think um the titans are going to be in a lot of close games a lot of battles where they're going to have to be producing on offense uh they have a couple tough matchups next year but but not necessarily defensive matchups but good teams they're going up against kansas city chiefs buffalo bills and then of course you get the opportunity for for them to feast being in the division there and they get to play the Houston Texans twice, the Jacksonville Jaguars twice, and they play the Seahawks and the Jets who were notoriously bad against the QB last year. So there's six games right there where you're going to you're going to be pretty much guaranteed over 20 points at the quarterback position for Tannehill. And then there's another 11 games that uh, the Titans I'm sure will will be doing pretty well in. So um I think all all signs point to value. I think he's reliable. Uh, pr- pretty safe QB with very good upside, uh, especially if he has uh, puts in some more rushing touchdowns like he did last year and just crazy value, tremendous value at his position. So I think people are sleeping on Tannehill. I'd be more than happy to have him as my my starting QB on my team this season. Yeah, boom. So that's it. So I think people are sleeping on him. That's my uh, that's my pick to start us off to kick things off unconventional as Anthony called it. But uh, but fun nonetheless. Mark Ryan Tannehill down on your. Where do you guys rank Ryan Tannehill? That's my question to you guys. So I have him like around tenth, nine ten in my rankings. I got Mahomes, Murray, Josh Allen, obviously ahead of him. I got Rogers, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Russell, Russell Wilson, all ahead of him. You guys agree with me so far? Yeah. Yep. And then to me, it's in that next tier. You can group them how you want, but I, I like Tannehill, Hurts, Brady, Burrow, Stafford, and they're in the, on that that next tier. So I got Tannehill like nine, nine or ten. Yeah, I got him seven, eight, nine, depending on how my team looks, because I have him in the Rogers Brady. Um, okay, yep. Line. You have him next to last season's MVP. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, yeah. here's the thing. So people dro- have these qu- players or let's specifically talk about quarterbacks drop off due to certain reasons. I don't know why him specifically has dropped so low compared right. to how he's played. But like a guy like Brady, yes, he's going to be super popular now because he had such a, a big year. But he at his age, we don't know when it's going to be the year where you have right. that massive drop off. Uh but like in a twelve-team league, you almost have them like undrafted, right? You, you like you have them beyond twelve. So realistically, in a twelve-team, oh, I have them. No, Anthony, I have them in the top ten. Tannehill, yeah, Tannehill. Yeah. We have them in the top. You, I have them. You have set, him as tenth. Yeah, no, I, got I have him nine. between eight. I have them at around eight. So I have Mahomes in no particular order for the top heavy ones. Uh, so Mahomes, well, I'll try to do it. Mahomes, <laughs> Allen. Kyler Murray, uh, Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. So that's six. six. Herbert, 
seven, then it's I have Rogers, probably Tannehill, then Brady. Okay. And then yeah. that's why I'm kind of like, depending on my team, I might go Brady, but Tannehill, you know, he has some running ability as well. What about Stafford? You, have... you didn't mention Stafford. Right after. Right after. You have Stafford after Tannehill? Yeah. Um, Come on, answer. He has him right now. That's right. That's right. He has him right now. <laughs> well, like, like be- I like waiting on quarterbacks. If if it's Stafford and Tannehill, I'm probably going Stafford because he was my marquee. But like sleeper, sleeper wise, like if I'm like I want to wait another round for Stafford, so I'm looking at my drafts for like Tannehill. Uh, sorry for Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at previous mock drafts that we've done or that I've done. And I mean, I could, depending on where I'm drafting, I can kind of wait if I'm on the turnaround and I can get Tannehill on the turnaround instead of drafting Stafford before. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not think, upset if you get Stafford or Tannehill. Yeah. And I, I think Stafford will go before I'm just him. more in favor of Stafford. Yeah. I think that the hype with Stafford and, and the Rams offense and Sean McVay, I think Stafford will move up. Um, up the list, and then uh, Tannehill will be sitting there. So Moose, you're not you're not a big fan. I get the sense. Uh, not at all. No. Okay. Not at all. So Moose is not. Advocate. I think there's there's too many there's too many question marks with his wide receivers. I mean, they both obviously are you know very talented, <laughs> but that's the thing. What what happens if they if they both get injured early in the season? Well, and, okay. What happened last year? AJ Brown missed four games. Yeah, and he but he, okay. but he definitely and wasn't playing at peak performance. Who, Right, but who were his offensive weapons? AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Yeah. Were his receivers. So would you say that even with the injury history, would you say AJ Brown and Julio Jones is better than AJ Brown and Corey Davis? Well, I would say AJ Brown and and Julio Jones probably better. Yeah, way better. But he's saying that the the issue with the injury could be both of them. I'm not banking my season on the Titans, that's for sure. That, yeah. That's why I go Stafford more because even if there's some injuries there, there's enough talent around for him to save his fantasy performance for the year compared to Tannehill. I think now he has okay, less targets. So on the Rams, they got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They got um, Van Jefferson. They got okay. uh, Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson. Pretty pretty even as the third option. I mean, they, they got, got Henderson, Cam Makers. Josh Reynolds is gone. Derrick Henry. <laughs> Yeah, but Derrick Henry, they say they're gonna throw they're they're gonna check down more to him, but they haven't. So I mean Sure, but just as an offensive weapon, he also opens up tons for tons for the, the Titans, right? So if you're talking about offensive weapons, I, I think the Rams are great for sure, but I don't think you can uh, say that the Titans are worse. I don't know. I just in my opinion, I wouldn't bank around Tannehill. And maybe it's because he used to be a Dolphins quarterback, so maybe, uh... maybe that's why. <laughs> but uh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on him. But okay. he is—he isn't—he could—he's an enticing guy who nobody's taking. There yeah. are a lot of positives, but uh, it's Moose just, will not own him because yeah. Moose is get your it's good just, quarterback it's just, early. It's just not for me. Yeah. yeah, Moose is a Moose is gonna snag one of the one of the primo studs. All Why right, not? well, get your points. I like it. Slight disagreement on uh, his sleeper status and if um, can always agree. We like him or not, but I like it. I like it. All right, Anthony, you're going next, buddy. Who's your yeah. first sleeper? My first sleeper. So I'm going to go with a wide receiver here. Uh, maybe some of you might look at it as a deep sleeper, and maybe uh, I picked it to cater to Moose a little bit here. This was his guy, <laughs> the two f- pass years. But I'm going with uh, Mecole Hardman, uh, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, currently on the depth chart as wide receiver two on the team behind uh, Tyreek Hill, but maybe the third receiving option if you throw in Kelsey. Yeah. Um, he hasn't had some great fantasy finishes, uh, and he's only been in the league two years. So he finished 59th when I'm looking on fantasy football data and 62nd last year. He's averaged around 550 yards, six touchdowns the first year, four touchdowns the second year. Um, but his targets increased. Uh, he's only 23 years old, 23. The guy is you can argue almost as fast as Tyreek Hill and is going to be a great up and coming receiver to take over. Eventually he's 23. Like I said, he's super young, super talented. Um, Anthony, just hold on though. Quick question. 
Um, yeah. How old is Michael Harden? He's 23. Oh, I'm okay. glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, how, no, fast, very, how fast is he? He He's fast. He's, uh, he's fast. fast. Um, there was that clip of him and Terry Kill racing in the locker room, and Terry Kill beat him, but it was just like a little 10-yard thing. And then was McCole Hardman the – he won the um, Bleacher Report tie, bounty – Whatever think, it was, or tied race off, right? He was like four point two two or something yeah, yeah. ridiculous, unofficial. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's fast. <laughs> he's and he's going currently. He's going between rounds twelve and thirteen, like almost at the back half of your draft when you're, you know, people are thinking of taking kickers and uh, and uh, defenses. I think this is a guy you have to have as a late round pick because he's on a high-powered offense. We talk about the Kansas City Chiefs endlessly and just how there's so much potential, like even with people that are like low on a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's just like, be patient. This team is always going to be a contender. They're like the the new Patriots, except they they probably won't win as many Super Bowls, but they're always going to be there. They're always going to be there because they're going to score a lot of points. Nicole Hardman is the second wide receiver. If there's an injury to Kelsey, an injury to Tyreek Hill, and we don't wish for injuries, but injuries are always a thing. He's going to be the guy. Uh, there's no Sammy Watkins there. Not that he was healthy enough to stay on the field most of the time. You got um, Marcus uh, Robinson. Yeah, Robinson, who's on and off the team. And somebody that they're not very stoked on. But Nicole Hardman, man, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe this is the year. I think his yardage will go up to within 700 yards. He'll get back to six touchdowns, maybe even a little more. Um, but 700 yards, five touchdowns, he'll be relevant for you some weeks. You might have to pay attention to their matchups a little bit uh, to see where you know they'll destroy a, an opponent, maybe like Jacksonville, where it's just going to be an all-out shootout or whatever. So I say don't sleep on this guy. Moose, what, uh, Moose you, go, you go next. You go next. I mean, uh, to t- talk about McCall Harmon, because I know you agree. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I said McCall Harmon was a sleeper last season. Um, I think he's he's definitely worth a late-round pick uh, for all the reasons that Anthony said. And it always concerns me that Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle are there as well. Byron Pringle being the more of a threat, I think, because he, right. he's been more successful where uh, Demarcus Robinson, I mean, the guy drops balls a lot. And... <laughs> To me, he's a bit of he a liability did. out there, he but did, they yeah. but they like him because he's a veteran. And uh, I hadn't realized actually until a few weeks ago how young Nicole Hardman was. Mm-hmm. And then it all sort of made sense to me. They're not rushing this guy. They like this no. guy and they want to develop him. Um, so they're keeping these veterans around probably to develop him. The, you know, a lot of people say that his, his hands aren't the greatest. There was a little bit of coach talk that came out a few weeks ago that his hands have improved quite a bit. He's you know, more mature at, at practice. Um, and right. His two seasons, he's had two fumbles in both. His yeah. And, and realistically, like it, it depends on your formats too. If you're in PPR and you have uh return points, his first season was amazing for fantasy. I know that's yeah. not always the case, but uh, depending on, on your, on your numbers, Nicole Hardman was, uh, you know, has been decent uh, for fantasy in the last two years. And I, I honestly think that he is a guy who, Kansas City is just the land of opportunity right now. Yeah. So, like, uh, he had 41 uh, targets first year, 62 the second. I think he'll go up to – he'll increase by another 20 or so. So, he'll go up to around 80 targets. Like I said, 700 yards. Uh, be around six touchdowns. And then I think his rushing – um, he, he doesn't rush a lot. He is a he is a weapon that you can use in the run game. He had 17 yards the first year, only four attempts, four attempts the second year, 31 yards. Well, last, last season he was held out quite a bit for COVID. Right, that too. Um, but he how many he games also, did he miss? I have him playing no, in 16 well, games. Yeah, he didn't miss any. Per, well, he any, was he was he was held out for COVID. So I don't know if they just kept him on the bench or what, but well, he also started more games than he did the year before. So I don't know. We'd have yeah, to have check him, those facts. I have him playing in sixteen. So wow. he started five games in his first year, eight games the second year. I'm predicting that he will start upwards of ten this year. I think going into well, his third you, year. Yeah, and we say start, like it just means what their actual starting formation is, right? Right. 
but I think at yeah. this point, like maybe, maybe he's developed, maybe he'll take another year, but I think this year he'll take a decent enough step up where he only had in half point PPR, I think, oops, sorry, I keep messing with my camera. Yeah, uh, he it, had Anthony. three, three, <laughs> three games where he had over 10 fantasy points. So, I mean, in PPR, he probably had a little bit more, but um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be more serviceable throughout this upcoming year. I, There's yeah. camps this year. You get more practice in. Um, you know, why wouldn't you use a weapon like this when you're trying to contend for a Super Bowl? Yeah, and to, to me, the big thing, first of all, I agree 100%. Is he a sleeper? Yep, definitely, because he, sometimes he's going undrafted in, in mock drafts right now. Um, and is he potentially a, a breakout candidate? Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, Sammy Watkins, it, it's it's important to mention that Sammy Watkins is gone. And you yep. might think like, ah, Sammy Watkins wasn't really featured that much. Sammy Watkins, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's injured and whatever. But he he was their third receiving option after Kelsey and Hill with Sammy Watkins. He's gone. He's not even yep. he's not even there. So and he's he's leaving 55 targets. He's taking 55 targets with him. Sammy Watkins is so right. you got to figure at least half of those are going to McCole Hardman. So I think your projections of 80 targets are exactly right, Anthony. I think that's a fair projection. Um, and McCole Hardman's a weapon. He's yeah. his speed is a weapon. He can get in the end zone on any play similar to Tyreek Hill. Obviously not quite as good, but he's still young. How old is he, Anthony? 23. Yeah. And you know, you hit the nail on the head. He's, is he playing on the best offense in the NFL? Yep. yep. Does he have the best quarterback in the NFL? Yep. Yep. And is he one injury away from being like, if Hiller Kelsey were to go down, let's say Hiller Kelsey opts out for the season. McCole Hardman's all of a sudden a 1000 yard receiver, like automatically, right? Cause you're playing with Mahomes. So I think he's a great candidate uh, to pick up late. Yeah, and on good defenses, I'm just looking at last year's uh, stats. He seems to have an increase of targets on like teams against like <laughs> good point. Good defenses like good Baltimore. Um, on bad teams like the Jets, he also has saw an increase in targets. The New Orleans Saints, who had a great D as well, nine targets. So they use him because of his speed. So I think you know he's still very young and probably still has a lot to learn. Um, like you said, with his hands, it's only going to get better, hopefully. Um, so and if, uh, yeah, I, if it, if it sort of cut out, but if a defense manages to figure out how yeah. to handle Hill or Kelsey, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, you're right. It's Hardman, Hardman to the house. Right. <laughs> and um, yeah, we talk about guys like Gabriel Davis, another youngster that's in the league on another team, Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we talk about how valuable he could be where he has arguably more competition uh, on his team. And we say that he could be a value. So why not Nicole Hardman? Yeah, 100%. Great, great pick, Anthony. Love that sleeper. Moose, Thank it's you. on to you, man. On to me. Well, I think mine, uh, mine's a little bit deeper than than your guys' sleepers. But um... I like it. In the event that you find yourself not taking my advice and you don't have a tight end that's one of the top, you know, four to five tight ends and you're in a pinch and you're going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't want a garbage tight end. Here's a sleeper. Blake Jarwin from the Dallas Cowboys, who unfortunately was injured last season. However, he's a very talented wide receiver. Uh, often people have compared him to the same style as Travis Kelsey. That's not to say he is Travis Kelsey or in the same situation as Travis Kelsey, but his style of play is very similar. Hmm. Um, in his first two seasons, uh, he went for about uh, just over uh, 350 yards ish, 300, three tutties apiece in both seasons. <laughs> and then of course, uh, last season he was out injured. Now this is where things get a little bit tricky because Last season, we saw the emergence of Dalton Schultz. And Dalton Schultz had a great season as a tight end. Uh, he went for 615 yards, four tutties, nothing to shake a stick at. But, Not for tight end, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, that was with Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott being injured, so on and so forth. But I think on a high-powered high offense, like the Dallas Cowboys, Dalton Schultz definitely has an opportunity to be an offensive weapon. Blake Jarwin. Um, what did I say? Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Sorry, Blake Jarwin. 
They both do. It's because I'm looking at the Dalton Schultz sheet. Blake Jarwin has the opportunity to be a uh, fantasy football weapon. And I think people have forgot about him because, you know, last season he wasn't there. So yeah, everybody gets super hyped up about those four top guys. And then everybody's sort of scrambling. Oh, who am I going to take next? Who am I going to take next? And I think you have, you have to consider Blake Jarwin as being someone you can take, who is going to get you, um, you know, better than average tight end points. And when you consider that most defenses are going to be thinking about, uh, CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he wants, wants to assume that, that Blake Jarwin might be often, uh, more open down the field. So he could be, uh, he could be someone exciting. Moose. I, I have to agree with you hundred percent. Definitely a sleeper. Um, he's some, he's going, you can get him end of your draft. If not, you know, there's not much competition for him unless there's someone else who's listening to our podcast. So be aware of that. Um, I actually took him as my, I waited on tight end last year, um, missed out on the top guys. And I took him in our main league with our, with one of the last picks in our draft thinking I got myself a sleeper and a steal at the tight end position. Of course (laughs) he ended up, um, getting injured and I <laughs> didn't get to use him at all. And I was scrambling all season um, for a tight end. Um, but I think the same still applies this season. I think pointing to the, like who nobody knew who Dalton Schultz was. No, nobody had ever heard of Dalton Schultz before. And then all of a sudden Dalton Schultz is relevant. People are picking up on the waiver wire last year, e- even with Andy Dalton, 89 targets, Dalton Schultz last season. Yes. Now imagine Dak Prescott. Remember the torrid pace Dak Prescott was on. And the Cowboys, right? They were on pace for like 7,000 yards, breaking all sorts of records. They're going to be, they're a safe bet to be over 4,500 yards, probably 5,000 yards passing, right? So you want, you want, probably want to get a piece of that offense. And uh, I think Blake Jarrett's a great pick. Uh, Anthony, what about you? You agree? Nope. No, I like it. Um, I am a weight on tight end uh, type guy. The only reason why it's a nope is because I've mentioned on a previous episode that how I feel towards Dallas is the same uh, how uh, Moose feels towards Miami. Um, I've been burned. Really? I've been burned late in the season yeah. with with these more unknown guys. Like I have talked up Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, a guy with uh, like Ezekiel with running backs being scarce, like it's hard not to take him when he falls to you but i just feel there's so many mouths to feed like i took advantage of when blake jarwin went down so i wasn't a believer in blake jarwin last year i thought he was a a hype train type guy and then sure enough he got injured and i was able to scoop up dalton schultz in a couple leagues that helped me uh that helped me out as a backup tight end that like hey if he does what people expected blake jarwin to do i've really killed it with this waiver wire acquisition. But then of course, like Moose mentioned uh, with um, Dalton coming in and, you know, it's not the same as having Dak Prescott. So yeah, the other the, reason the is still had a pretty decent season. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For, for a tight end. I just, so how, exactly. So, and you know, like I say, Dalton Schultz is, is a threat to Blake Jarwin, but realistically they threw a pile of money at Blake Jarwin. So like, they're going to start him, you know, like they paid the man, they're going to start him. So, like, is- like, like Jarwin's the guy. Well, well yeah. here, here's here's how I look at it too. So we we talked about uh, Michael Gallup in the sleep uh, in the Marky episodes, um, and how I said that I'm not a big fan either because there's too many mouths to feed, and CD Lamb has taken over. Yeah, but, it, and- but it's the same amount of mouths as last season. Same no, amount because now it's Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin wasn't there. No, I don't think I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to have that big of an impact well well, here's how i'm gonna argue that so you said um so again to the receivers to kind of set up what i want to say is they had to take cd lamb because they were surprised that he felt him so even though they had a stud in michael gallup uh cd lamb's taking over and might even be the number one on the team which puts amari cooper second gallup third and then it was supposed to be blake jarwin yeah, but, but now just, there's they, just play, they just paid blake jarwin like a pile yeah. of cash so they're right. not gonna they're not gonna bench him. Yeah, but they could pay. They could do the same thing. Let's say they do the same thing with Michael Gallup. Like I just feel that they've been put in a situation where it's kind of hard not to go to Dalton Schultz. But how much will it cut into Blake Jarwin? So basically, I don't want a tight end that late in a draft where he has competition already. 
So Anthony, you're saying competition, but listen, they were forced to use Dalton Schultz last year at tight end. So he happened to get 89 targets. He he was pretty productive, but it's not like the Cowboys are sitting there being like, how the heck are we going to get Dalton Schultz enough targets this year? (laughs) No, no, no. They're like, it's not that, but it's just, they're going to spread out the ball. And I mean, but it's the same. There's no, they added no one new to the offense. that's going to take away targets until I hear word at camp that Blake Jarwin is, I know he's recovered from the injury and everything until I hear positivity and, um, news coming out of camp like the year before that he's looking like a stud i'm i'm gonna temper my expectations on him because yeah. i don't know what's going on with that's blake fair. jarwin and i know that but is a I guess fair then thing he, to do. then then he wouldn't be a sleeper would he? <laughs> well, i'll get uh i'll get you a comfy pillow a little little bit of warm milk i'll put on some nursery rhymes so you can continue sleeping yeah read your yeah, lullaby but also like uh something that it. moose looks after <laughs> looks at as far as fantasy as far as production towards the fantasy playoffs i don't want a guy that potentially one game might not show up because that game that they decide to go to dalton schultz do i believe blake jarwin yeah, but you already blew it be- but i i preface that with you you already blew it by not taking one of the four top tight ends Exactly. So you already, right. you already blew if it. You, so, but then and I that's the real I, question, Anthony. If you don't have one of the top, let's say, six, including Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and the, on the top three, how is Blake Jarman any different than anybody else amongst the rest? Like, does well, he not have Noah has zero competition at tight end. Yeah, um, he's also got so, zero so quarterbacks. Yeah, his competition <laughs> is his quarterback. Okay, but, but still, these are guys that have performed with no quarterbacks. So it's like, you got Mike uh, Gusecki, you got Noah Fant, you got Taylor uh, Tyler Higby, um, you, uh, and then the other guys that fall in the same category. I'm I'm not just singling out uh, Blake Jarwin here, but guys like even Cole Komet, who can potentially be a sleeper. He's got Jimmy Graham, who finished pretty decently when a lot of people thought he was done. So there's still two of them there. Hunter Henry, we said don't draft any Patriots, but there's Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. Um, the Chargers, you can argue that Jared Cook being there is maybe a better option because you know uh, he's going to be the sole tight end, but he's old. Um, yeah, and they and he has got he's got competition. They drafted uh, or they have uh, Parnum, Parham. His name's Parham, young tight end. I think he's second year tight end. Anyways, I, I, I would <laughs> rather a guy like Gasecki or Fant, yes. even Gronkowski and Tyler Higby. But but. The good news is with Blake Jarman, you can get him with the last pick in your draft or second to last pick in your right. draft. Kasicki, you'll probably have to go fairly early. He'll be a mid-round guy. So will Fant. All those guys you mentioned, they're they're ranked higher because and they'll go higher uh, in your draft. So yeah, it, it's uh, the best part is, points, the best part is yeah. knowing very minimal about Dalton Schultz last year. You still yeah. picked him up. So point in case. Yeah, well, just as a as case a, in point. His because, point. and I'll say again, I wasn't high on Blake Jarwin because he was a hype train guy, in my opinion. There was no evidence that he was going to, like, how hype, like, the hype that was around him was just surprising to me. enough for you. Well, there was no information to, to guarantee him, you know, taking a leap because it was the First same year, team. First year, 36 targets. Second year, 41 targets. What was his, what was his finishes? Probably not even noteworthy. No, but it we know it takes tight ends longer to 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 come into their own, specifically because they have to block. But it's Dallas. I don't know. Kyle Pitts has no NFL record. Yeah, and but, he's going six six but overall. He there's hype around it. Like there's actual performance. Like he's straight out of college. We've seen the performance from him. He's supposed to be the next. But we, but we know that college is not the same as the NFL. And no. the 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 evidence for the Blake Jarwin case is really, I think is in Dalton Schultz's performance last year and is in the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. The the Dallas Cowboys are the perfect storm. Their defense stinks. Their offense is amazing. (laughs) It's, you know, again, they're pacing, they're pacing. They're going to break an NFL record for, for. So yes, uh, Andy Dalton was there, but Dalton Schultz finished 17th. Tyler Higby with Gerald Everett there finished ahead of him. Hunter Henry finished ahead of him. Eric Ebron, who Moose says is terrible, finished ahead of him. I just think there's too many mouths to feed. And on Dallas, it's not that Blake Jarwin isn't going to get targets. I just think you don't know when he's going to kill it so that's my thing and i don't trust which is and dallas has screwed me in the past so i'm not going to take the risk on dallas it it, but it is you're talking about this is the reality for all tight ends besides those top elite ones right is that you're not sure when they're going to get you four points 
or 14 but, points. Yeah, all those names you listed could also just be sleepers themselves, actually, because they're usually sleeping yeah. and they wake up for like two games <laughs> and they go back to sleep. I, I thought you said it was people who sleep on the players, <laughs> not the players sleeping themselves, Moose. <laughs> We've been over this, but yeah. I think it works both ways. All right, well, some heated debate for our first sleeper episode, guys. I like it. Listeners, you decide. Um, Blake Jarwin, McCole Hardman, and uh, Ryan Tannehill. You decide if you would take them, if they're a sleeper or not. But if they're sleeping in your, if people are sleeping on them in your leagues, then they might be worth a look at. Um, Anthony, I think um, you got to get ready for our next segment here, bud. So drum it up uh, because it's time for They Said It on Reddit. All righty. What is, it, what is this new addition? To what? Wow, 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 wow. It made this gun sound. All right. Moose never likes anything I do. It's got to be the same, always the same. Exactly. That's it. That's the beauty of it. Repetition. Just record it. <laughs> All right. So we decided to go with this one because our main league is a half point PPR uh, keeper league. So this guy, uh, user QuicksilverKid13, needs mm. some advice from my keepers. 0.5 PPR or half point PPR. I'm a little torn. I can keep two players and have three worth keeping, but can't decide between them. Two are my keepers from last year. Can keep them one more season, he believes. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Jones, and Antonio Gibson are the three options. Uh, it feels like the obvious choice would be Lamar Jackson and Aaron Jones, his keepers from last year. Lamar set. Lamar is a set it and forget it player and AJ... Aaron Jones is typically a top five to 10 fantasy RB capable of 30 point weeks. However, the double RB keep is tempting to be able to focus on other positions early in the draft. Also tempting to go Lamar Gibson since Gibson might have a safe floor and the ability to keep him next season as well. Any advice on what I should do? You keep the two um, running backs. So he, so Dave told me to ask him uh, if they lose, um a draft Traffics, pick for yeah how does the key, what are the no, it seems like he uh he plays like we do we don't lose any keepers we're just taken out of the player pool and added to our teams at the end of the draft so i guess to answer your question the final two rounds then sure okay so so like us we lose our yeah. first two he loses the final two you keep the two well, running backs the same. yeah however however you want to think about it so there's no they're not taken at their at a specific round it's just you keep two players and then the draft starts from scratch with the remaining player pool. Uh, so Moose, you're advocating to keep the two running backs oh, out of yeah. Lamar Jackson, Gibson and Aaron Jones. Yeah. Oh yes. hundred percent. So no I would say first, first off to Quicksilver um, first, find out how long you can keep your keepers for <laughs> like how many more seasons that would be important information to have second. Well, I think he can, he can most definitely keep it for this season. He just doesn't for this know season, how long. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, that would be the you point. Yeah. yeah, we know he's going to keep him for this season. <laughs> so <laughs> I would find that out Two, You got to know wait, your league. But there's no situation where he wouldn't keep them for this season. That's the whole point of keepers. No, no, no. Because he asked the question. No, I he's like, I, I believe I can yeah, keep yeah. <laughs> the same two keepers for at least one more season. So yeah. let's just because yeah. it because it also affects it because I believe Antonio Gibson is going to continue to get better. Anyways, I agree 100 percent with Moose. You take both running backs, Aaron Jones and yeah. Antonio Gibson, because that's that would be a great start to a regular redraft non-keeper. And I obviously we love Lamar Jackson. He has the upside to be the number one player in fantasy as he did two seasons ago. But there are so many quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is is an option. Matt Stafford yeah. that we talked about last week. And the difference between Lamar Jackson and those quarterbacks will be negligible. But the difference between Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson stack versus Aaron Jones and I don't know, you know, whoever other running back you're going to get, Josh Jacobs or whoever it is, will will be much greater. So I, I think you can easily get another quarterback, but uh, having that two running back stacks just clutch. So I'm going to, yeah, it's just, I'm a, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm it's, going it's, at an Anthony Harrison rant, but uh, you finish up, Moose. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's just logistics. Like if you're that high on those three players, you keep the two running backs. And in your first round, you could probably pick Lamar right back up again. But you're not going to be able to pick up Antonio Gibson or Aaron Jones if you're not one of the first picks. So if you're, if in your opinion you want these three guys on your team, the best hold is the two running backs, and worst case you pick up Lamar in the first again. Yeah. So, Quicksilver Kid thirteen, listen, <laughs> listen, Anthony, Quicksilver Kid, Anthony, yes, Moose, 
He's listening. Good. Um, don't listen to anybody else on your uh, comment pool because so far it looks like everybody's telling you to keep Lamar Jackson and it, uh, Aaron Jones or Lamar Jackson and, and Antonio Gibson. Oh my God, I'm uh, tripping on my words. But Lamar Jackson, we've spoken about him before and how he's not that good in the passing game, um, has seen a decrease um, in fantasy points or fantasy production. And we've talked up getting a solid running back duo for your team because they are a scarce position. Antonio Gibson and Aaron Jones are key guys for your team. Aaron Jones, don't worry about him. Even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, the guy is elite. He will get work. He will get work regardless. It's so like, strange hearing you say that, Anthony. Like it's such a new thing for I my know. ears. <laughs> I know, but I, I said I, I said I wouldn't have taken him in the past. But I said if he proves it one more year, then I'll confirm that he's elite, and he's confirmed. Yeah. Like a year so, too late. other people need to, to to <clears throat> use my example. How I've been low on him before. I think, uh, you know, it was maybe he was a flash in the pan for a couple of years and then he's just going to fizzle out. Jamal Williams is gone. AJ Dillon won't be that much of a factor this year, maybe for the touchdowns. But Aaron Jones gets so many touchdowns that he can afford to lose a couple to AJ Dillon and still be a top finisher for the running backs. So Aaron Jones, without a doubt, do not worry if Aaron Jones is not there and don't worry about AJ Dillon. The guy is elite. Antonio Gibson, a safe running back. Like, and some people are going to get him as the number one running back for their team. So keep the two running backs. You have guys like Matt Stafford, um, Ryan Tannehill, but it seems like he wants to be a guy that has a stud at QB. Take a QB with your first pick after you keep first, those two. second. Yeah. You and can then, get a better one. Lamar Jackson, yes, amazing with the running, but with the passing, it's Listen, sketchy yeah, and the situation and to- didn't really get better. To bring Moose's point home of logistics, as he called it, Aaron Jones is on average ninth off the board in half PPR. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 12th off the board in half PPR. Lamar Jackson's 40th on average right now. So you, you can keep, still get you keep the two guys that that won't be there, and then you can get him. Worst case scenario, you don't keep Lamar Jackson. He, he goes back to his amazing season. He's the best quarterback in the league, overall best fantasy player in the league. You'll be kicking yourself a bit, but... The, the gap between him in first place and like the eighth best quarterback is much smaller than the, than the gap at running back. So, and also you got to keep in mind, like we say, you always got to pay attention to the people in your league. Um, no, no, that doesn't apply here. Well, it applies two, in a you sense keep the two that running backs, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is people are for the most part, you're going to have two probably jabronis in your league that are going to keep <laughs> quarterbacks, but the chances are, I don't know how many, teams you have in your league but the chances are most people will keep running backs and receivers so running backs will already be scarce in your league keep the two running backs there's no situation where you keep lamar jackson lamar jackson can be available to you again in the draft if you want him or or better quarterbacks or better quarterbacks exactly you get yeah. patrick Mahomes if you wanted to exactly <laughs> well maybe well he's probably I'm assuming be someone's kept. gonna keep yeah all right is that it that was a great reddit yeah thank you thanks anthony All right, guys, not only is it Independence Day today, but it's also the first Sunday of the month, which means it's time for... Uncle Nick's Pick! Uncle Nick's Monthly Pick! This next selection comes from the Saguenay region of Quebec, a fine black oatmeal stout called La Gigonne Nitro, or Nitro, um, from Lavoie Malte. There you go. There's the can if you're looking on YouTube. Uh, Lavoie Malte, this is the name of the brewery, is the first microbrewery in Quebec with a culinary approach to beer, offering an elaborate menu in which the ingredients of the brewing process are reused in the kitchen. They are located in Chicoutimi with a unique atmosphere, marked flavors, or marked flavors, and quality beers that go perfectly with the dishes offered. It is also a production plant, bottling several varieties of beers available in cans throughout Quebec. La Gigonne Nitro is a black and creamy nitro nitrogenated stout with a great mouth feel. Roasted barley grain inspires aromas of coffee and dark chocolate. And I'm going to do the first live tasting, I think, of um, of a beer on the podcast. Oatmeal. I don't think I've ever had an oatmeal stout, guys. I'll be honest with you. So what's surprising to me with this one, oatmeal oh, stout. I like that. 
It's a it's a <laughs> little. I'm not kidding. I like oatmeal this. stouts are usually a little heavier. This one is a light beer, so it's a little different. I'm not I'm not a oatmeal stout kind of guy. I'm not a stout beer drinker, but um, it's smooth. I'll give it that. Yeah, it's smooth. I, but uh, yeah. the oatmeal is not for me. But it's I don't a even very taste smooth. The oatmeal. It says you're supposed to have very beer. very cold, like uh, four degrees Celsius. I, I, mine's been sitting here the whole podcast, and I still like. Excuse me, I still like it. Uh, Moose used to be a big stout guy. Used to be a big Guinness guy. You know, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, hints of Guinness. Guinness is like Patrick Mahomes. It's in a tier of its own. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I like it. It's going to be on the stop. Going to be on our brewery tour, right? When I come visit. Actually, I took tour. a sip of it cold at the start of the podcast and now drinking it a little warm it actually there's a little bit more of a taste and it has less of the light feel to it so i like it a bit warm it's very smooth i think that's a yeah. selling point because some people don't yeah. like uh the hard Fitch, carbonation yeah. of some beers so if, if that's the case i mean this is it's very very smooth i like the hints i like the hints of uh, dark chocolate that i'm tasting in there that's me i'm i i don't mind the f- different flavors i'm like uh I like lots of different styles. You guys are yeah, you less so on the flavorful beers, but this is great. In your or tricycle cider. I also thought the tricycle cider was cute because, like, we're we're like a tricycle, the three of us, right? Holding people up on their way to riding towards fantasy championships. We're the that three wheels stretch. that will hold that them up. Stretch. What? <laughs> three people, three tires on a tricycle? Come on, man! Tricycle, it seems. Uh, <sighs> guys, I um to get into. Are we we're done with the beer segment? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to get into um, our pop culture segment, as we as we discuss in the end of the episode, I took a chance on the new Chris Pratt movie on Amazon Ooh, Prime. Don't oh. say anything. Don't say anything because I want to watch it. Oh, this was rated badly by everyone. I'm not watching oh, really? just because of the ratings. It Can I just like tell you if I liked it or not? And here's fours. my here's just. I'm not going to just spoil do it, anything. Just do it with a face. Just give us a face. So it's called face. The, it's called the Tomorrow War. And I'm not going to give just a face because not everyone's watching on YouTube. No, but right? give a face and then explain your face. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, that's not good. It's terrible. It was. It's a terrible movie yesterday. It's a terrible movie today, <laughs> and it will be a terrible movie tomorrow. <laughs> the Tomorrow War. It's too bad because the trailer that should be the, the trailer the always pops up when I'm watching the X Files, and I'm like, oh, it looks like something good to watch. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I said too, and yeah, then. Yeah. And then I saw the ratings and I was like, oh, maybe like other people will rate it better than maybe this site. And it was just bad all the way through. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait till one of those afternoons where I'm like a little bit tired, but not really. I'm just going to pop it on and fall asleep watching it. Yeah. I mean, there may be some loud noises and stuff. But then listen, I love Chris Pratt. Big fan of Chris Pratt. And uh, he was fine. He was fine. His performance was great uh, under the circumstances. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. It's a bad one. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Speaking of Chris Pratt, the new Jurassic Park movie is uh, due out in December, I think. Oh, all right. Ooh. Well, that's one. That's one that'll be better. Yeah. So, have you guys watched anything cool lately? Finish um, Loki. Oh, yeah. Four episodes. Finish? Yeah, I've, I'm up to date on Loki. There's four I really episodes. like it. I really like it. Yeah. Moose, you should do it. Uh, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> Moose likes to wait till the whole season's done. I, actually, I did it's watch done. something. I did, uh, Dave, you might, you might like this. It's pretty funny. It's uh, it's a movie that takes place in Italy. It's on uh, Disney Channel. It's called Luca. Oh it's, yeah, uh, it's an animated thing about uh, sea monsters and humans and their relationship. And uh, put it on. Did not have high expectations, and it ended up being pretty funny. There was some really funny parts. Nice. It's a great story. It's uh, it's very much like a play on uh, the Little Mermaid story. A little bit, a little bit different, but uh, it was it was it was better than I expected. Yeah, and uh, some, some, some pretty funny parts. Great. I will definitely check that out. Some great characters. Yeah. Speaking of Italy, we've got Italy in the uh, semifinals of the Euro Cup and England in the other semifinal. Could be an Italy-England England. Euro Cup final there, Moose. Yeah. Classic. I'll, have to, I'll have to take up time in our podcast to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, sports. sports. I know, I know, I know. Just yeah. teasing. All right. Anything else, guys? That's it. Words of wisdom. Signing off. Put your best gut forward. If it's between 295 and 315 Kelvin. Oh, I just want to shout out people on that on that note. I, I saw also want to shout out people on that note. Seriously. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if he's being sarcastic. I'm not. I know you said I'm seriously. But I'm not being sarcastic. I, so I saw some of my uh, buddies on Instagram that are out west, you know, with your heat wave and unfortunately all those deaths that happened. People and were giving away free, like if they've had extra AC units, they were giving them away for free and not charging people. So I want to say nice. good job to those people, like way to be a good, decent human being. Um, I'm giving a shout out to my Auntie Ruth who I uh, found out she listens to our podcast avidly and she thinks we are hilarious. Oh, well, Bro, hi, hi, Auntie you. Ruth. And thanks for hi. listening. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So thank you. Thank well, you very much. <laughs> thank those you, are all Ruth. the shout outs and shout out to all our listeners out there. Happy Canada Day. Happy Independence Day. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao.